please turn in your Bibles to Colossians 3. Colossians 3. If you're able to stand with me in the honor of reading God's word, please stand with me as we read Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these things, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let them with all wisdom dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. May God add to the reading of his word. You may be seated. It was a two-hour drive that was entirely too short. I was taking my brother to basic training. He had been accepted in the United States Air Force Academy, but before he could participate as an Air Force officer, he had to go through an intensive, grueling period of basic training. As we drove in the car, we shared memories of the past, shared expectations and hopes of the future. We talked about the fun that we had had over the last summer playing video games into the afternoon and maybe even later into the evening, playing Sunday afternoon football together and just having a good time together. But he was giving that up. That was in his past. No longer would he be able to spend all day playing video games. No longer would he be able to play Sunday afternoon football. He got no cell phone, no outside communication. He was heading on a new life. He was heading for something new. He'd given up the past. But as I hugged him goodbye, told him I loved him and I was proud of him, and watched him walk to the gate in his t-shirt and his gym shorts, he wasn't a soldier yet. Yes, he had given up the past, but he still had much to put on, much to do. Have you ever thought about your Christian life and thought, I've given up maybe drunkenness, I've given up violence, I've given up my past ways, but I feel like there's got to be something more. I feel like the Christian life has to be more than just things I don't do. There's got to be more to this. Maybe at one point you felt that joy, but now you think, there's got to be more. What am I missing? Or maybe you just need to be reminded that there are things that you can miss if you're not careful. In Colossians 3, the Apostle Paul draws a contrast 
we didn't read the first 11 verses. Instead, we started in verse 12. But in the first 11 verses, Paul talks about the old way of life, the things that you put off, that you put behind you. But it doesn't end there. In verses 12 through 17, the Apostle Paul teaches us about the things that we put on. He teaches us to cultivate habits, cultivate characteristics of Christ, characteristics that are reflective of our position as chosen by God, ruled by Christ, and worthy of carrying the very name of Christ. So we're going to look closely at Colossians 3, 12 through 17. And what I want you to pay attention to, there's three things I want you to look for. The first thing is a uniform. That is, some things that we are called to put on. It's our uniform. The second thing I want you to see is an attitude. How we as Christians are to view things. How we should act as Christ followers. And the third thing that I want you to notice is an orientation. That following Christ changes everything about our outlook on the world. So we're looking for a uniform, an attitude, and an orientation. So we'll look at starting in verse 12 through 14. And what you're going to see here is the uniform. In basic training, one of the first things that the trainers give to a new soldier is a uniform. The uniform does a couple of things. The first thing the uniform does is it actually represents a clean break from the past. I told you my brother was wearing his t-shirt and his gym shorts. Other people were wearing a variety of other things. You no longer get to wear the clothes that you've grown up with. You're going to wear something new. It's a new life. But that's not all that the uniform does. The uniform is a point of unity. You see, when you walk in there and you get your uniform and you look around and you see all of these other people, what are they also wearing? A uniform. It brings soldiers together as a point of unity. Let's look at the uniform that's mentioned in Colossians 3, 12 through 14. What I want you to see is that the uniform is such that those who are chosen by God must practice Christ-like behaviors, Christ-likeness, in order to live in unity. Those who are chosen by God practice Christ-likeness in order to live in unity. Let's look at verse 12. The first word is therefore. So this tells us that it is connected to what we would have just read, which is the old way of life. Therefore, as we embrace this new life, as God's chosen people, that is, God is the one who brings us into this group, we are part of an elite military academy. No, we are part of an elite group that God has chosen. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, the phrase holy doesn't refer to perfection. God is not saying, since you're perfect, do these things. No, the word holy means to be set apart. It means that since God has chosen you and set you apart, here's how you should live. Here's what you should put on. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. And patience. Compassion is a word that we translate as bowels of mercy. That'd be the literal translation of it. It's the idea of mercy that comes from our very being, 
we are called to be merciful. Kindness. This is a very act of Christ. If you read the Gospels, what you see is Christ is incredibly kind. Kindness. Humility. The act of putting others above myself. Of considering others better than myself. Gentleness. Um, courteousness is actually another word that we could translate here. You know, something as simple as holding the door open. Courteousness and patience. Have you ever thought about the patience of Christ? How many of you have felt Christ tugging on you to do something and you've said, uh, uh, uh. Christ is patient with us. He waits for us. These are characteristics of Christ that we are called to put on. But you might think, okay, I'm just going to say that I do these because, you know, how do, how do people know whether I'm being compassionate, kind? I can just say that I'm doing those things, right? I can get away with it. Well, the rubber re- meets the road in verse 13. We get specific ways in which we are called to show these five traits. The first is we're called to bear with each other. That's hard. To bear with each other. To endure, even if you're annoyed. That's hard, right? But it gets harder. We're called to forgive. We talked about forgiveness over the past month, and you might have thought you were going to get away without having to deal with forgiveness again. You were wrong. We're called to forgive. But how does this all come together? What does it look like? How many of you thought carefully about what you were going to wear to church today? I know some of you did. I'm not a fashion person. Um, Emily usually, if, I, if my clothes match, it's usually because Emily picked them out. But I do know this. I know that a lot of times somebody has something that brings the whole outfit together, like pulls it all together. You know, maybe it's a tie that brings all the colors together, or a necklace, or a piece of jewelry, a scarf, something that brings all of it together and demonstrates that this fits. Well, look at what we see. There's actually something that binds it all together that's given in verse 14. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. The completion of all these virtues, the way that we bring all these things to bear is through love the thing that we have in common that allows us to show this compassion, this kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience through bearing with one another in forgiveness is love. So a question that I have for you. What piece of your uniform needs some work? If you were standing face-to-face with the drill sergeant and he looked you over, Would your shoes need shine? What would he call out? Would it be your compassion? Would it be your kindness? Would it be that you're not bearing within a love towards others? That's the uniform. But in basic training, you get more than just a uniform. Your very attitude is changed. In basic training, the very attitude of a soldier is changed. And what we are going to see here as we look on in verses 15 and 16, those who are ruled by Christ 
should overflow with Christ. Our attitude becomes that of Christ. Our focus becomes that of Christ. We overflow with Christ. Look at verse 15. The first thing that it calls on is for the peace of Christ to rule our hearts. What is the peace of Christ? Peace is a big deal. Peace would have been a big deal in Colossae. Peace can be forced, as the Roman Empire would have forced peace on Colossae, but that's not real peace. Peace can only come from the God of the universe who is in absolute control. And that peace comes through Christ, through our relationship and our choice to depend on Christ's death and resurrection so that we have peace with God. And it calls for that peace, that eternal perspective of peace, to rule in our hearts. The idea of rule is a legal idea. It's arbitration. So the peace of God arbitrates in our hearts. What does that mean? That's a big word. It's the idea that as we go about and we interact and our heart is moving us in different directions and things happen to us, we have disagreements or we have our own preferences or our way that we want to do stuff. The thing that is going to arbitrate the differences that we have with other people, the thing that is going to make us look at other people is the peace that we have with Christ. Because we're not here on this earth for very long. We have a hope of eternal peace with God. The things here don't actually matter. We have peace with God, and that's what matters. That's what arbitrates all of our interactions with each other. It calls us members of one body. We are all working together for God. And that is the key to this. But it gets better because we're told that the message of Christ should dwell within us richly. The message of Christ, that's the words of Christ, words about Christ. The gospel, the good news of Christ's life, death, resurrection, ascension, and our salvation should dwell within us richly. What does it look like for something to dwell within you richly? I was thinking about this. I've got some examples. Um, a few weeks ago, Apple made an announcement of some new products, and there were several of you that were pretty excited about these new products. I venture to say that the news of Apple's releases dwelled within some of you richly. There are some of you that enjoy video games quite a bit, and when new games come out, you like to talk about them. I venture to say that the news of these new games has dwelled within you richly. Last night, as I was on the airplane watching the Huskers game, I was really, really, really hoping that I'd be able to use the Huskers as an example of something that was going to dwell within you richly. my fault. The point is, you know what it looks like for something to dwell within you richly. You've got examples. You know what that feels like and what that looks like. 
The message of Christ is to dwell within us richly. So I ask you, what is it that's dwelling within you richly? Is it the message of Christ? If not, I have a solution for you. It involves daily reading the Bible. Because the thing that dwells within you richly is going to be the thing that you are consuming regularly. Think about the things that dwell within you richly, whether it's new products, whether it's video games, whether it's football. What is it that causes it to dwell within you richly? Time that you spend with it and passion that you have about it. What is it that's dwelling within you richly? Our attitude should be that those who are ruled by Christ should overflow with Christ as he dwells within us richly. So we have uniform, we have attitude, but in fact, basic training is structured so that our very orientation, the very orientation of a soldier changes, so that everything they do, they do with this idea of being part of the military, and it should be the same for us. Everything that we do should reflect our position before God in Jesus. Everything we do reflects our position before God in Jesus. Look at verse 17. It says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything. The idea of word and deed is we have words, spoken words, things we think about, we have deeds, actions we take, and we have everything in between. It's everything. Everything we do should be worthy of the name of Jesus. We're also told that it results in giving thanks to God. Everything we do results in us giving thanks to God, because if what we're doing is worthy of the name of Jesus, we're going to be driven to give thanks to God. I told you about dropping my brother off at basic training. Well, 10 weeks later, I got to go pick him up and a couple of friends because they had finished basic training and they had a weekend to get outside of the base. So we drove home. We went for a hike. They wore their uniforms because they were still on duty. They hiked in their uniforms. You could tell who they were because of the way they looked. They also, it was amazing, these Kids were now men. They had grown up in different parts of the country, had different political viewpoints, had everything about them was different 10 weeks ago. Their attitude was that they worked together. As we hiked, they helped each other out. They bore each other's burdens in a very real sense. But then I asked my brother, I said, do you want to go and take the four-wheelers out? And he said, no. I said, wait, what? What do you mean you don't want to take the four-wheeler out? My brother said, before I left, my commander told me, don't do anything that could even look dangerous. You see, you represent the United States military now, and I don't want someone to see you doing something that looks dangerous. Everything that you do while you're out this weekend needs to be representative of your position as an officer in the Air Force. So my brother said, I can't, because it might look bad. I thought, huh. Your life's not your own anymore, is it? No, it's not. I now belong to the United States military, and they dictate what I do. Can you imagine with me for a second what it would look like
to walk into a church where you got to see that sort of unity, where everybody had this compassion, this love, this kindness, this patience, where everybody had the peace of God ruling their hearts, arbitrating all of their conversations, where everyone's orientation was, how does this support the name of Christ? I think we can do that if we let Christ rule in our hearts. So that's my challenge. What do you need to practice? Is it compassion? Is it kindness? Humility? Is it that you need to let the love of Christ rule in your heart more? Maybe it is that you want the message of Christ to dwell within you. Maybe you need to challenge yourself and commit to spending 5, 10, 15, or more minutes reading the Bible every day so that you overflow with God's Word. Or maybe there's something in your life that you want to change so that it more accurately reflects your position before God. God can transform us. It's more than just things that we don't do. It's ways that we live to be more like Christ. See, we need to cultivate these habits that are reflective of our position as people chosen by God, ruled by Christ, and worthy of the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you chose us. That you chose to die on the cross, to forgive us of each of our sins, to give us not just a life marked by things that we don't do, but a life marked by growing to be more like Christ. A life marked by choosing to model Christ-likeness and cultivating these habits that are going to conform us more to the image of Christ. I pray that as a church, we would grow in our unity as we cultivate Christ-likeness and become more and more like Christ. I pray for anyone who has made a commitment to grow. I pray that you would work in their hearts, help them to keep such a commitment, whether that be growing in love, reading the Bible more, or whether there's areas of their life that they need to commit to you. I pray that you would give us the strength to commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.